Hey everyone, it's Elizabeth, also known as Biff. Just want to let you know that in this episode, we are not actually interrupting each other constantly. We had a lag with the audio, so be patient with us as we figure out this podcasting thing and enjoy our episode. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is funny because we both said, how are you? At the exact same time. <laughs> the same intonation. Which makes me uh, start every single podcast like that. Welcome to Biff and M's Book Pod. I'm Elizabeth in the Mid-Atlantic. And I'm Emily in the Pacific Northwest. And we are sisters living 3,000 miles apart, discussing our quest for existential discovery and satisfaction through talks about books and other stuff. Yeah, it's, it's been a minute. Um... It's wow. been a couple. Of it's been like a year. I know, and that actually that holds so many meanings. As in, oh god, yeah. <laughs> it's been a year since we were recorded, and also it's been a year. <laughs> it's been a year. It's been a year for a lot of stuff. It's been a year for a lot of stuff, man. I I feel like we could fill like a million hours of time talking about everything about 2020. Yes, and how it was just. It it was it was like the duality of 2020. It was such a fucking shit show, but I also personally <laughs> had a great year. So yes. it's like, <laughs> you know, wow. and so I'm, I know, dude. And so I've just been trying to like not feel bad about acknowledging that I had a pretty good year. You know what I mean? Despite all of the the layers and layers of bullshit that you know, like, came down on us as a country and as as a as a as a species so as a species do you do you ever feel like when you you know tell people you 2020 was like a good year do you feel guilty oh I feel guilty as fuck (laughs) I feel so guilty I normally don't say anything because then I feel like some fucked up obligation to tell them why I had such a good year but so many I don't know I I it's very uh, pretty personal why I had a pretty good year, you know, a lot of the reasons. So it's just, I don't know. I feel like I had a good year because of who I am and because Mm -hmm. of what I, about my, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that sounds weird, but like because of my own personal life and what I've changed and what I've been trying to, you know, achieve in the past year, I feel like that's why it's been a good year, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't like to divulge that information to just anybody. Unless I'm recording Got a podcast it. with my older sister, and then we can possibly <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> wow, I feel so honored. Yeah. But yeah. I think one thing that we could both agree on about why 2020 was such a great year is books. Oh my gosh, books. I I don't even know how many books I read, to be honest. So yeah, I do have my stats for 2020, and they are astounding. Please share. So, Please share. Okay. So, well, I'll start with this. 2019, my goal was to read 30 books, which was like a big goal for me because I had not really, I'm all, I've always been like a reader, but never mm-hmm. like a, I'm going to use every spare minute of my day reader. But you've blossomed, 20, you've blossomed this past year. I, I know. Okay. Oh my so gosh, in, 2019, okay. <laughs> in 2019, I read 34 books. Surpassing my goal of 30 books. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 2020, I made a goal of 40 books and I read 68 books. Holy shit. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. That is, that is, that is impressive. 
how many so if you average that out is that like that's over two books a month 68 that's like over five books a month oh I'm yeah see this is why I, I don't do math okay yeah that's yeah, a lot. yeah yeah <laughs> and some books I really just went through really fast mm-hmm. like the accord the Court of Thorns and Roses series mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or Throne of Glass. I finished that up. I read Mistborn, Era One, Brandon Sanderson. Oh my God. Oh, I read, yes. no, I really thought that the majority of the books I read in 2020 were fantasy or fiction. No, actually about half and half fiction and nonfiction. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And I read a number of different genres. Um, I mean, I read sci-fi, which is like, what? Like, I, I do not I am read impressed. sci-fi. I am impressed. Well, I have our book club to thank for that. Um, yes. So I read sci-fi. I read a ton of fantasy. I read, um, you know, some con- mostly like literary fiction, some contemporary fiction. Mm-hmm. Some. I actually read, how many books did I read in Spanish? Only one. But my goal for this year, one of my goals is to read more books in Spanish. Ah, yes. I need to brush up on that. Claro, um, yeah. I read a couple of middle grade books. One was one by Madeline Lingle and both were young, which is like this story oh. set in the Alps of this girl who goes to a boarding school. And it's just such a sweet story. And so I read that. And her writing, yeah, just, and I, it just brings you in. Like she has a style of writing that just literally you just fall into where what she's writing about. Yeah. And she just, I don't know. It's such a pure style of writing. Yes. I don't know how else to describe it. Yes. Um, oh, I did advance in the Outlander series. I read oh, yeah. the first three books. Oh my God. Those are some tomes, man. Those I know. books are huge. I know. So I would read one of the Outlander books and then I would watch the um first season you know the season and whatever corresponded to the book and the third mm-hmm. season wrecked me so oh, oh that's why I haven't watched it yet because I because I've read the first four oh. books and that's why I haven't progressed further in the show because I you know I like to multitask when I watch tv and when I watch mm-hmm. that show I literally just get sucked in. well Sam Hewen's in it and I literally can't help oh, but just watch him babe. walk around. He's such a babe. If you're listening to us, <laughs> watch him. You're a babe. We love you. I read some translated books. Mm. Um, I read The Vegetarian. That oh, yeah. That was for book club. Yep. That was a good one. That was so good. Weird. It was so weird. weird. It was so good. I think I actually put another one of those that author's books on my list. Blindness was translated, right? Yeah, because it's by Jose Saramago. Okay, yeah. So I read Blindness also for book club. That was good. Um, mm, I don't think it. I read any other translated uh, books. You read Vita Nostra, didn't you? Oh, yeah. That was, oh, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, we, we did. like a little buddy read. Yeah, we did a buddy read. Ooh, I like that. Buddy read. I like that. That's what, well, that's what the booktubers call it. Uh, see, it's like less formal than book club, but more formal than let's read a book together. So, yeah, those are the books that I read. Oh, I also read more Witcher books. Um, oh yeah I, the witcher series is so awesome on netflix mm. oh I, and yeah, it's on my list there's another heartthrob right um henry, henry cavill oh yeah. my god yeah yeah no it's so i do have so the the series there's like different orders you can read it in i and there's like some short stories slash like prequels and mm-hmm. so i'm done with all of those uh, I read Blood of Elves, which is mm-hmm. the first in like the novels. And then I have Time of Contempt sitting on my shelf. 
um, oh. along with a shit ton of other books. And I just got more books from Book of the Month. Um, I had I know I got them today I was so pumped I had skipped a few months because none of the books really spoke to me mm-hmm. I'll tell you well for one thing I got Mexican Gothic finally oh um, yes yeah so that. that is going to be on my list for this year and then this book called Infinite Country by Patricia Engel um she wrote this story about a family coming from Colombia just reading about people coming from other countries to the U S is really near and dear to my heart because of what Mm -hmm. I do in my job. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited about that. And the cover is really pretty. I totally judge a book by its cover. I do too. I do too. It's just part of the aesthetic harmonious side of me. It's just, it's my type four. I can't help it. I can't help it. What? You're what type four? Oh, Oh, Enneagram. My Enneagram. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, why don't you, do you have stats for 2020? Yeah, I pulled up my stuff. Okay, so I had a goal of 50, or my original goal was 60 books. Oh, that's Um, ambitious. That's ambitious, because you know, I've been an avid reader for most of my life, but really in the past couple years, I've really, you know, thanks to you and a couple people, you know, some friends and stuff, I've really like rediscovered my love for reading. Okay, Um, and we need to define avid reader. Okay. Avid reader uh, means avid reader that, means that you want to read all the fucking time. No, but I have oh. <laughs> <laughs> to share from our childhood. That, oh, okay. Um, oh, I probably don't remember this. Yeah, please tell me so I can be refreshed. Oh, I'm sure you do. That Emily was such an avid reader as a child that mom and dad had to ground you from books. <gasps> oh, it was so painful. <laughs> they would like take the next one in a series from me. I I remember, yeah, that happened with Harry Potter. And, you know, I'm really good at mouthing off. I'm really good at that. (laughs) No Um, way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, way. Um, But I remember that. It was only for like a day, but I was like heartbroken. You know, I just, I remember mom would put me in timeout and it would be by her. (laughs) This is when even when I was younger, I remember one time she put me in timeout in the timeout chair. We had a specific chair for that. Remember that it was in front of a bookshelf of hers that had like all these like, Rant. She had like stuff by like um, Gina M. Owl, and she had um, the People of the Wolf series by Kathleen and Michael Gear. There was this one. And stuff. Wait, go ahead. There's this one called The Sun God. Was there? <laughs> and it was like I was on a different bookshelf, um, but it was like I remember looking at it. It had a, like a red cover, and it had like this shirtless man. It was like yes. super buff. Like I with this lady, men. like all entwined around him. And I was like, I don't oh. think I'm going to read that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry, continue. No, no, Tell no, me more about good. the timeout chair because okay. I did not spend a lot of time. There. Yeah, you shithead. Yeah. So like, yeah. So I would just sit there and pull a book off the shelf and read it. Even it didn't matter what it was. Because I mean, like, not to sound like an arrogant prick or whatever, but I've been reading it like a <laughs> I've been reading at a sixth grade level. I was, I was reading at a sixth grade level when I was in first grade. So, oh my God. I know. I know. <laughs> I remember when I was in school, okay, they had, they had like this, the book fair or whatever. And when I was in the, it's a very specific memory in the first grade. This was another one of those things that I talked to mom about. And I think that's another reason why they tested me to have me skip or whatever, skip a grade. So I was at the book fair and, you know, they had all these like big children's picture books. And of course, like I'm a kid, right? So, you know, I mean, but I, in my brain, I'm like, I don't want to read picture books. I was already reading chapter books at home. And 
so I asked like one of the teachers or whatever, I was like, Hey, can I, can I look at and you know, and kid talk because this isn't what, isn't how I talk back then. Um, but I was like, Hey, <laughs> can I, can I look at different books like that are more like that are, that are chapter books. And they were like, well, you know, we don't know if we can let you do that or whatever. And I remember wandering over there and my birthday is the day before Halloween. And so I found this book and it was like something, something, you know, someone's Halloween was something or whatever. And that was the first chapter book that I read that I, I got the book there. I guess I, I'm trying to circle around and say that I've been reading a lot since I was very little. And that was literally all I did all the time. And um, that and play video games, that was all I did. So, I mean, like I would sit up in me and our younger sister's bedroom for hours and not come down. I would only come down to eat or pee or whatever and go right back up there. But um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I've been an avid reader for a long time. It very much dropped off when I started going to college. And I think that's when things kind of faded out for me for a while. But since I've to put it frankly, got my life together. Um, that joy has been able. Yeah, thanks. Good for you. Uh, that joy has been able to be reintroduced to my life. So, all that being said, so my goal was sixty books, but this past year, so I've been in college through Starbucks, which is great. If you ever want to go to free college, just work at Starbucks. Just letting everybody know. So, yeah, sixty books was a bit too ambitious. While I went to school full time throughout the entire year with no breaks. So I only read 48 books, but only, <laughs> only read 48 that's books. Four, that's, that's almost a it book is, a week. But to, to be fair, to be fair, to, to be, be fair, fair <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> a lot of the books I read because my brain was so like worn out from studying and doing homework all the time. I read a lot of young adult fantasy because um, it's very mm -hmm. easy escapist reads for me. So I did read the whole Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass. Yes. Oh, I need to reread those. Um, and I'm, I read the A Court of Thorns and Roses series. I got through the Outlander books, like I mentioned. I read some books for our book club. Oh, I read The Martian, which was very good by Andy Ooh, yeah. Weir. That was a great book. Um, How did you read that one without looking at Matt Damon? <laughs> I know. I haven't watched the movie yet. But as I was reading, <laughs> oh, I haven't really? seen the movie. Well, I, I really have kind of put TV viewing on the back burner. I've been choosing to read over doing that. So, but I feel like once I graduate in May, woohoo, once I graduate in May, yay, um, that will be able to be reintroduced to my life. But um, while reading The Martian, I totally understand why they chose Matt Damon for the role. I mean, I, the way that the main character, I don't, see this, I have the worst memory. I don't even remember what the main character's name is. I don't even remember really what happens. I just know that there's a man on Mars. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand completely why they chose Matt Damon for that role. Oh, oh, yes. Let's see what else I read. I read Terry, the first book in uh, Terry Goodkind series, Wizard's First Rule. That is one of my close friends' favorite series. So I started that series. But then I got sidetracked by more young adult fantasy. I read... <laughs> Serpent and Dove by Shelby Meharan, which was great. Um, however, the sequel came out, which is called Blood and Honey. And to be frank, I was not impressed. Um, I, I was not impressed. Mm. That was probably my lowest book rating. And I know like Bookstagram was like totally raving about it. And I was like, I just don't feel that. I just, I felt like it was a very slow, like convoluted plot. I did read, oh yeah, I read To Sleep in a Sea of Stars by Christopher Paolini. And that book 
that mm-hmm. I mean, that's his that's the guy who wrote Aragon, the Aragon, the inheritance cycle when he was like really young. I think he was 19 when he published the first book. And this is his first science fiction novel. And um, that book was a total trip in every sense of the word. It was a total trip. Uh, I recommend it if you're into science fiction. Um, it's very it's an adult science fiction novel, but it also is accessible. I mean, you know, which for me is important because hard science fiction can kind of be, oh, so there's, sorry for, I, do you, I don't know, Elizabeth, if you know the difference between hard and soft science fiction, but there's, okay, yes, you I do. do. Can you, I, can I you share with the that. class? Tell I know. Us. So, okay. Basically hard science fiction is really focused on the science mm-hmm. and like really explaining how things are yep. working as far as the science goes. And the soft science fiction, I feel like it's kind of, the purpose of have it being quote science fiction is to set up the story in a different yes. world um, with different ways that things mm-hmm. work. So um, totally. what would be a couple of good examples of um, like p- that people would know for like hard science fiction and soft. So I think fiction. that a great example of soft science fiction would be star Wars because we right. don't really know yes. a lot of the technicalities of why things work and why ships fly like that's the type of things that I think about um in relation to hard science uh-huh. fiction like how did they make all of this work I think a good example of hard or yeah hard science fiction I probably don't have one because I don't really read a lot of hard science fiction um I think that this Christopher Paolini book is perfect because it's right in the middle because they talk about a lot or he, you know, they describe a lot of things that are hard science fiction, but in an excess, in an, excuse me, in an accessible layman style way. So that someone who isn't like particularly interested in science can understand where they're coming from. And I think another good example of that would be the Jack Glass book that we read for book club because yeah, they um, discuss FTL faster or yeah, FTL faster than light a lot in that book. And um, it made it understandable for me to, it made it easy for me to understand why that's such an important factor in space travel. Um, um, and of course, in Jack Glass, let's not forget oh, his space suit. Oh my that, God. Don't say anything else about I it. Not. His space suit. I think you needed like the whole explanation yes, to understand exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, I think Jack Glass is a great example of like harder science fiction uh-huh. that is, um, and it doesn't, it's not watered down or anything. It's just made accessible, yes. which I really appreciate Me too. being kind of having science fiction is like a fringe genre. Uh-huh. For me, so totally. Um, anyway, sorry, no, that's all right. I, yeah, that book. And I, I appreciate the way the author wrote about those things because it, I don't want to feel stupid when I read a book like that, that totally turns me off. I'm wanting to read yeah. a book. Adam Roberts. Yeah. He made that very accessible. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, yes. So you should read To Sleep in a Sea of Stars if you haven't. Also, my other favorite reads for this year were the From Blood and Ash series by Jennifer L. Armentrout and its sequel, Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. The third book, Crown of Gilded Bones, comes out, I want to say, April 20th. Um, Oh my gosh, what a series. What a series. I literally can't say anything about it because it would, I can't. Um, It's very similar to the way Sarah J. Mass writes. It, it didn't feel like a ripoff. So, but yeah. And I guess they're friends. They do like Instagram lives together and stuff. So that's really cool, but really good. I'm really pumped about the third book in that series. And the last book that I read that totally wrecked me, it wrecked me to my core was The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. 
But oh, that is on my wow. bookshelf. Oh my God. I, it's a standalone, which I, I don't usually read a lot of standalones. I really like a series read, which I'm sure we'll discuss later. I get very emotionally invested into characters. So it's hard for me to only have like one book with them and then feel like they're torn away from me. Obviously I have. Yeah. <laughs> You're attached. I, I, if you can't tell, I have the anxious attachment style here. V.E. Schwab, Victoria, I think is her first name. She takes prose mm -hmm. and makes it like lyrical prose is the only way I can describe it. It just, oh, it was amazing. I highly recommend it. I'm excited to read that. It is on my you'll, shelf. You'll um, devour it in like a day or two, two sittings. I mean, oh. And that's partially why I haven't started yep. yet. So um, I do want to talk about our 2021 goals. Oh, yeah. Um, and so <laughs> this is ridiculous. I have read 11 books already. You are already this year. You are a champ. And it's really, it's really not. I mean, a goal does motivate me. And there are a lot, there aren't so many things that motivate me right now in my life. Like I have a job that I want. I've made some accomplishments in that mm -hmm. job. I, you know, I have, I've gone to college. I've done those things. And so I'm trying to find other things that are interesting to me that motivate me, but that don't feel mm -hmm. like work. So setting goals for reading is, has been great. Totally. So, so I read 68 books last year. This year, my goal is 75, Woo! which I know is, I know it's ambitious, Woo! but I know, but I think, I think I can do I think it. You can too. Um, and even if I don't, it's not like it's the end of the world. I mean, yeah. come on. It's, it's books, it's reading. It's supposed to be a hobby. It's something fun. Um, even this podcast, it's like supposed to yeah. be fun. And as soon as it's not fun, we stop exactly. doing it. So, mm -hmm. and so, and also it's winter. And so I, I like to be, I, I hear people talk about being like a seasonal reader or mood. Oh, like yes. Or in a certain reading totally. mood. And yeah, so I've totally been in this like winter mood. And so I have a couple of those books that I've read already. I have a couple of um, like spiritual memoirs that have been super mm -hmm. great. And I read A Memory Called Empire by Arcady Martine. This was for our book club. This, I would you, I think you would consider it kind of middle of science fiction, like not hard mm -hmm. and not soft, but somewhere in the mm -hmm. middle. Um, it's a really wonderful book. I'm going to have to reread it. I've already pre-ordered the sequel yes. called um, A Desolation Called uh -huh. Peace. And, um, it's about this ambassador and she gets sent to, um, this other place because th they requested her, the other ambassador, some he's been killed and part of the book is figuring out how that happened. And the world is set in like pre Colombian, um, native culture. And there's so much like, like poetry and literature that's important in this culture. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's so good. I was surprised I enjoyed it as much mm -hmm. as I did. Um, and I, I read this book <laughs> three different ways on my Kindle, borrowing the hard copy from the library and also borrowing the audiobook. So, so I have a question. Do you feel like, so since you also, obviously you majored in Spanish, you speak Spanish. And do you think that that contributed to your interest in the book? Do you think that if you hadn't had that background, that you wouldn't have been so interested? Yeah, I definitely think my interest in Hispanic culture and stuff, yes, definitely influenced that. Um, because I have, I mean, I don't have a huge 
knowledge, a lot of knowledge about like the native cultures, Mm -hmm. um, indigenous cultures of that area. But um, it's fascinating, like the whole language piece and the linguistic piece and the things that um, Martine brings out in the book. She's very um, descriptive about the, the language and explicit about the linguistic things that are happening in this culture. And so I, as a person who studied linguistics, I, I really just gravitated towards that. Um, the world building was fantastic. Oh, Some that. people have issues with the pacing of this plot, um, but the world building was amazing. And the whole book occurs over the span of like two weeks. Oh, really? Wow. So, yep. Um, it has a little tiny bit of romance. Ooh, I like that. I'll take um, that. Okay. Yeah. It is LGBTQIA friendly. Nice. Um, it was a great book. I cannot believe I enjoyed it as much as That's I did. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, um, 2021 goals. Well, I'm going to stay on my track of um, young adult, new adult fantasy, definitely. Well, the main, oh, so I also, I forgot to mention this before. I am on the third Dune book by Frank Herbert. I've been reading Children of Dune. I've been listening to it, actually. Frank Herbert wrote the first, I think, six, five or six books. Like way back, I think the first Dune book came out in 1968. Um, Dune is also soft science fiction. P.S. I oh my gosh, just amazing space opera. Okay. I love it. Anyways, so my goal is to read the first six because his son ended up writing like I want to say 15 more books, and I really want to. Yeah, I, I what? may or may not have them all. I don't know how that happened, but anyways, so. I want to get through those. I also want to read The Fiery Cross, um, which is the fifth Outlander book. And um, Mm. I don't remember. I think the sixth one is A Breath of Snow and Ashes. I want to get through those. But other than that, I've just been focusing on young adult fantasy. So I definitely want to read. I've heard so many good things about Leigh Bardugo and all of her books. So she she wrote The Ninth House, which is an adult fantasy book, which I have not read. But I recently ordered the Shadow and Bone series because it's a trilogy because um, they're making it into a Netflix show and it's getting released this year. So I really want to read the books before the show comes out. Um, I am the type of person who will not watch a show if I have not read the book first. Um, It's really, I just, I like to even, I don't know, I like to create my own world and I'm very easily influenced by other people's perceptions of what the world should look like. So that's why I try not to do that. Um, with The Witcher, I probably will because uh, I mean, Henry Cable's in it. So, you know, that's an exception. But so I want to read all of her books and um, Six of Crows and The Crooked Kingdom, which are a duology, I think are set in the same universe, I want to say. It's called the Grishaverse. So I want to read that. Um, and Grishaverse, yes. Oh, Grishaverse. And then yes, yes, yes. I did read the, fir- the Miss- first Mistborn book by Brandon Sanderson, which was fantastic, fantastic. Mm. And I-, I plan on reading the rest of the trilogy. Oh, yeah. So I definitely want to read. Um... Oh, there it is. There's this book that a lot of people have been talking about on Bookstagram and stuff called Cemetery Boys. And one of our people in our book club is actually reading it right now. And I'm pretty sure it's an LGBTQA friendly book. Um, and it's also young adult. But I've heard so many good things about it that I really want to read it. Oh, and of course, the main reason I'm alive this year is to read the fourth, the fourth <laughs> um, Accord of Thorns and Roses book, which comes out in, oh my gosh, uh, let's see, like eight uh, days, nine days, 10 days, 10 days. You know, I don't do math. Comes out February 16th. I, oh yeah, no, 10 days. I know. So, oh my God. Um, yeah. So 
for all of you who can't actually see me, I am very uh, rough looking on the outside, but on the inside, I am the biggest hopeless romantic <laughs> ever. So these books have like taken over my life. Like I am the type of person who just goes like balls deep into, into like a world or whatever. I am like in it for life. Okay. <laughs> so I'm rereading right now a court. I think Elizabeth, you are too, aren't you? I'm rereading A Court of Wings and Ruin, which is the third book in the series. Yeah, but are you going to read A Court of Frost um, so and Starlight I, too? I did read that before it December. comes out. So that one's pretty fresh in my mind. Um, yeah. So and oh, also gotcha. I lent it to somebody because uh, I've been getting people on this train of reading these books. I've gotten like three people into these books and I'm really proud of myself. You are, you are a court of I, exactly. thorns and roses It's so true. And That's actually hilarious. one of my friends and I are getting um, um, tattoos in relation to the books at the end of March. So yeah. Sorry, what were you I love say? it. Yeah, I am super, I know I am super pumped and you, I have been loving reading the hardbacks. You oh. were so generous and gifted me the four yeah, books Christmas. Yeah. Uh, for Christmas. Yeah. And they, you know, a lot of people say a lot of shit about the new covers for one who cares but for another thing the books are beautiful like they're very elegant so looking. they have like yes. they're all gray they are and they're all gray but they each have like mm -hmm. an accent color and then the actual when you take the dust jacket off the hardback is like a very bright That's color beautiful. so the one I'm reading right now wings and ruin it's pink and it's just so fun to read um so I'm super excited about that. My goal is to finish because I'm halfway through Wings and Ruin. I'm going to finish that and then read Frost and Starlight because that one is like, it's not a novella, but it's yeah, really fluffy. It's definitely the introspective <laughs> side. Yeah. Um, and just kind of mm -hmm. fun. Well, and then, and then we also, this year is a great year for Sarah J. Mass because we have the second Crescent City. Oh my God. I just got chills. That book was so good. <sighs> and... Oh, and she lives, she lives not far Dude. from me in Pennsylvania. I think she lives outside Sarah, of Philly. Sarah, we, we love you. Sarah, can you You're hear me? You're amazing. Um, but because of that, because of that, I'm hoping she's going <gasps> to have like a book signing or something kind of close to me for that book in November, because hopefully COVID, you know, yes. will start to take a backseat and we can do yes. fun things like go to book signings. Um, I realize I did not mention other oh, books. Oh yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, do it. All right. So mom and dad gave me an Amazon gift card for Christmas I and I went a little crazy. So I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Obviously I'm finishing up the Sarah J Mass. I'm going to continue reading books for our book club, which is award-winning mm -hmm. fantasy and science fiction. Um, I have, I'm just going to read off some of the books. I oh, have. by Robin Hobb. Magic by Robin yes. Hobb. That'll be my first Robin Hobb. Yeah. Um, yes. Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I I did buy the first <gasps> one of Dune. Yes. Oh my um, gosh. Oh. I have The Lies of Locke mm -hmm. by Scott Lynch. I will just say I I am 100% sold on his writing. He better be good because I he wrote a foreword for um, a book I read for book club. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the name of it Was right now. Was it The now. Dragon Waiting? Yeah. Um, the Dragon Waiting. Yeah. And I, I was like, I feel, I felt suckered because I read the foreword and I didn't realize it was Scott Lynch. And I was like, oh my God, this book is going to be amazing because of this writing style. And it wasn't even the main author. Uh -huh. I mean, that book was good anyway, but so I'm super pumped about Lies of Locke Lamora. I have the fifth oh, season yeah. by N.K. Jemisin. 
I have, oh, you know what? I have to tell you, I have the best <gasps> luck with yes. the little free library. Oh, please divulge. Because listen to these books. Listen to these books that I have found. <gasps> oh, I got you. Okay, go Sorry. Yep. Uh-huh. Ember in the Ashes. Um, a Kristen Hanna book. Mom I've been loves, wanting to mom read loves her, her books. book for a long time. I thought there is yeah, she does. I know. And I haven't read any of them. And she's mm -hmm. also got a new one coming out. Um, and let's see my to read shelf, more Witcher. Um, so yeah, I'm I have all these things that I want to read, but of course I read something, I go online and mm -hmm. I see, oh, there's this other one that looks like that too. And so I'm just like giving myself free reign to read whatever. But I will say one book that I do want to read for sure this year <gasps> is with Yes, I just got chills again. Oh my God, I'm such a nerd. Yes. And <laughs> I, <laughs> you're so funny. But like, if Aaron, if Aaron heard me say that, he's going to. <laughs> well, he's heard me say that, but my husband is like super into fantasy. He's been a Robert Jordan mm -hmm. fan for at least 20 years. And he's been like, like, I remember some of our early conversations when we were dating. It was on That's the what phone you did. because, you know, this was like oh my gosh. the early 2000s. And um, he would just talk for hours That's about so Robert cute. Jordan and Wheel of Time. <laughs> and I would be like, what? Oh my God. So now I'm like finally jumping into this pool of fantasy and he's like so pumped. Like I'll just look at him and ask him a question. Like, but I'll just ask him, I'll be like, what is this? And he'll look at me with this, like look in his eye and be like, Oh, it's a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Um, or I'll just like be sitting on the couch and he'll mm -hmm. be playing his mm -hmm. like video games on his laptop and I'll just like exclaim something like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? And he'll like oh, look I got at the me, twinkle like, in his eye, uh, like, haha, motherfucker, you got um, reeled in. I know. Oh, oh especially yeah. that happened with Mistborn. Oh. The Mistborn books. I would say Brandon Sanderson. Yes. All of that lived up so to the good. Height. Again, so com good. complex um, but accessible. You know, and that, yeah, that's what I need. You know what? I think, yes, exactly. Well, especially, you know, if you're going to school full time and you're reading yeah, kind of like literally, Spanish literature, uh, <laughs> you don't want to read, you don't want to struggle. Exactly. Exactly. Reading for fun. But no, the Mistborn, it really read like a young adult series. And I mm -hmm. don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean that they were so well paced and maybe this is a hallmark of how he writes, but they were so well paced. The characters were so well mm -hmm. developed and so believable. Mm -hmm. There was romance. Um, there was action. There was heartbreak. Like people died. And I, this sounds weird. I like <laughs> no, it when people die it, in books. I, I do like too. When they kill off characters because it's so much well, and it more creates like real a, life. I mean, just like when anything, you know, traumatic happens to you in real life, you have a whole different perspective. And when that happens in a book, it, yeah. it forces you to take on a different perspective with the characters when someone is lost. Um, I felt like that happened, obviously, a shit ton in the Game of Thrones books, and it got exhausting. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, I haven't die. read those. A lot of people die. But, um... Oh, no, no. I was just mentioning that. I was just done talking about my my 2021 goals. Oh, well, oh. Um, so in addition, I, I feel so, like this whole new category. So Crescent, the first Crescent City yeah. book is new adult fantasy. And new adult fantasy pertains to, it's fantasy written for people between the ages of 
technically 18 and 30. Um, from what I've read online, that's like the quote unquote definition, like loose definition. But I feel like the Mistborn series is in that category. And that category is. Yes. Because Vin yeah, is like. Yep. And I mean, 19, there are a lot right? of adults present. She's like the youngest one. A lot of adults and stuff present. And there's a lot of, I don't mm -hmm. know, complex adult issues. And that's another reason why I appreciate the new covers. Because, I mean, we talk about, we judge books by their cover. Okay. Um, the new covers for the um, A Court of Thorns and Roses series. Because there are a lot of adult Tr like trauma, PTSD, mental health issues that are present in those books, which, yeah, you know, is something that a lot, I mean, yeah, a lot of us go through, especially when we're trying to figure out how to be a grown up. Yeah. So I think Mistborn is in that category as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a good point. Um, and I will say too, being still relatively new to fa the fantasy genre, Mistborn is a great yes, way to get into it. Um, and something else I was going to mention along those lines is, you know, you talk about how you don't like to watch a show uh -huh. before you read the book. Um, for me, that fantasy was so new for me last year that I went ahead and read The Witcher, which gave me and the way The Witcher show goes, it can be very confusing, like you're being just mm -hmm. kind of pulled in all these directions mm -hmm. with the timeline. Um, but then it gave me all this context for when I actually went to read the book. And of course, Geralt's voice is and the thing the funny things he says like his signature thing <laughs> is like a grunt um and saying just fuck That's like my as a sentence. full sentence um and so <laughs> right, yeah I know <laughs> yeah that's I do. one reason you need to read these uh, or watch the show but um but then when you read the books you kind of get a context for it so that was helpful for me um and really helped me enjoy the story more but you mentioned something just a couple of minutes ago that actually is like a good transition into the existential mm -hmm. part of our conversation. Um, you were mentioning how when someone dies in a book, it gives you, the reader... Oh, it forces a new perspective. Um, yeah, it forces a, you a to new take perspective a new perspective through yes. the character. Um, oh, no. I was just going to say like something that um, we have discussed previously. Um in the past, not on our podcast, is how we relate to the emotions of characters in books and how it, that can be a boon for us in our own lives. Um, actually, the way, especially especially how uh, Sarah J. Mass yes. deals with some mental health issues with her characters, if you are unfamiliar, you as a reader yes. are unfamiliar with those issues, it gives you a vocabulary to use. And you can see how these issues are parsed out in the lives of the characters. Um, and also reading, mm -hmm. playing video games, anytime you're involved in a narrative or a story, um, it's a great way Absolutely. to kind of practice yeah. feeling emotions in a safe place. Because we were talking about how Emily, growing up, you were like so into books and so into video games. I was really, I was, mm -hmm. I was kind of a reader. I like to pretend that I like to read all the time. I really didn't, um, but I really got attached yeah. to nonfiction. And, and so we were discussing think, the and, you know, potential reasons kinda, for why that is. I, I also forgot to say my <clears throat> my quote earlier in our show, so I'll bring that up here in a little minute too, because it relates to what we're talking about. But I've always been someone who is, and I mentioned earlier, like I'm a type four on the Enneagram chart and type four people are very, they view the world through their emotions. And I have always been that type of 
person. I've always felt a lot Mm. all the time. I mean, as a kid, I was called very sensitive. And when I wasn't heard, or didn't feel like I was being heard, I would react with anger to try and be like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Um, And, you know, that spiraled into, you know, other things and whatever that I have gratefully been able to work through in my own life and learned that my emotions are just a layer on top of who I am. They aren't who I am. Uh, therapy is the best. Again, <laughs> thank you, Starbucks, for the free therapy. But, you know, I struggled and, you know, obviously mm-hmm. still do with depression and like how, how to handle my emotions. And I think because of that, I would escape by feeling the emotions of other people. And those other people were characters in books and video games. So instead of me dealing with my own emotions, which I, you know, as a kid, I was told that I was fine and that, you know, I was overreacting and stuff like that. And um, it was easier for me to feel the emotions of fictional characters because like, just like you said, that's a safe space because it's all, it's all you, it's all in your brain. You know, it's not anywhere else over time. And I, I mean, I had a pretty big realization. We had a pretty big realization together, didn't we? A couple of days ago about how relating to the yeah. emotions <laughs> of characters and books and being a witness in there and being an observer in their lives in these characters lives has helped me learn how to be an observer of the emotions in my life uh, some it's i mean oh, and it, it, i, I didn't realize so that that's how i've been subconsciously processing for so long and now that i'm consciously doing it and re in, in fact rereading the accord of thorns and roses series i'm like realizing like wow like i I'm witnessing. So one of the characters in the book goes through a very traumatic event. Uh, Actually, several of the characters go through traumatic events. And a lot of it is them talking about how they deal with it. And the the quote I was going to mention earlier, and it's a very common quote, you see it in a lot on a lot of stuff. I mean, I have a sticker and a pin with this quote on it, but it hit me so hard the first time I read the book. And it hit me, it just literally knocked me on my feet again when I read it within the context of the book. But the quote is, don't let the hard days win. And I love this quote because it helps us, it acknowledges the pain and it acknowledges the trauma, but you also are acknowledging your ability to overcome that layer of emotion that covers you and still see the world the way that you want to see it. So I, I don't know. I just, that's another reason why I just love her books is because she focuses on that instead of putting, you know, which I feel like, especially when we were younger, I mean, we're in our thirties. When we were younger, we were very much taught to put anything we felt in the backseat and pretend it didn't exist. Bottle it up. You're fine. Move on. Like, if you just put it away and don't think about it, you'll be fine. But obviously, that didn't work. And it hasn't worked for a lot of people for a long time. That, yeah, that is some good stuff. And I, I think about, like, all the nonfiction. I totally gravitated towards nonfiction. Even as a yes. child, I remember... If I were to think about why I was so into nonfiction, there are probably two reasons. One is that knowledge is power. And so I felt like the more knowledge Uh I had about something or many things, the more control I had over my life. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, And then, oh, yeah, yeah. And then the other reason, no, no, you're fine. And then the other reason um, for reading nonfiction is <laughs> I, and I told my therapist this and she kind of smiled knowingly. <laughs> I was like, oh. reading fiction, reading fiction oh. is a waste of my time. 
That's literally what I said, because I'm like, why would I, why would I read all these stories that aren't even real? What, what advantage is that to my life? And since I've gotten so into reading, especially fiction, I realized that we read stories because we're human. Like the ability to tell a story, yes, the ability to tell a story, to tell a narrative, to weave things together, to create something new is part of who yeah. we are. Yeah, it is what makes it us is. different than and, the rest of yeah. the animal kingdom. Yeah, that's, I that's some good stuff. Yeah, and I, you know, so it's, it's amazing some, how that's it's so funny stuff. how different we we were growing up in that mindset or with books in general because I I even now. I struggle with reading nonfiction. Um, and I, I don't, I still don't know why that's something I need to explore. Um, maybe because I have been such an, you know, an escape artist for most of my life. Um, so, but it's just so funny how that's where you were. And then I was like, like hearing you say, like telling your therapist fiction is a waste of time. Like I feel that in my heart. I'm like, no, no, it's not, you know? And, I think it's so cool that we've gotten to this point where we've, you know, our paths have converged. And we grew up with the same message about reading that you need to read. Like reading is so important. Mom always, I just picture her sitting in the kitchen with a stack of library yeah, books. And I, I and do that. I'm coming I do in that there to my husband. And he's and like, Shh, I'm reading. Like, I'm so sorry that I'm reading. And he's like, oh, okay. Same. Um, but I remember, I remember some, some good times of when mom and I, I like, we weren't allowed um, to read at the dinner at, when we were eating dinner, all of us together, which I would, I would still try to bring books to dinner and <laughs> I would get shot down. Yeah. But if it were just like me and mom, we would totally she would make like <laughs> tomato soup and grilled cheese or something and we would sit there and read together and I have some good memories of us you know doing that oh and I also have I also have a very stark memory and I'm sure this happened more than once where all four <laughs> yeah, of us girls what the fuck is going would be on? sitting in the living room reading and <laughs> yeah. dad would walk in and be oh, like what yeah. the fuck is this oh yep oh man <laughs> I could talk a lot oh, about yes perspective on reading and education mm-hmm. in our house especially since we grew up without a lot of money we were on food stamps at one point I mean it was yes, not easy but absolutely education and reading those were your tickets and I'm grateful that out it's um, some good shit I'm just so grateful so, that you know I mean oh, that's I would some good shit gone. like like I mentioned earlier I would just be holed up in our in my room or whatever and read for hours and hours and mom and dad were cool with it and they really gave me that space to do, to be that part of myself. So yeah, books have really, I don't know, books, I know it sounds really corny, but books have like changed my life. And when people say to me that they don't like to read or they don't read and stuff like that, I'm just like, I wonder how they, they, they acknowledge and approach that part of themselves without books, you know, cause they must have another outlet. Speaking of other outlets of uh, experiencing emotion though, music Oh my gosh, can we talk about can we talk about Fleet Foxes for a minute? Because oh, music. So I actually was listening to Fleet mm-hmm. Foxes because I was doing some writing on my blog before we got on here. Dude. And I actually is, like I've been oh. obsessed with the Shore album by Fleet Foxes. Obsessed. And I will tell you, I uh-huh. do not I did not have a huge background in oh, Fleet and Foxes. Pentatonics I knew it, White Winter right? Hymnal because what basic bitch doesn't? And 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 that yeah it was great so 
I and I've listened to him in the past at your request, and I was like, eh, this is a little weird for me. Yes. And then I started listening to Shore, and I was like, uh, for one oh, thing, yeah. I was I'm by the, totally the cover, the album, by album cover, art. the cover picture thing. Yeah. What do you call it? The cover no, art. Not. He'll appreciate you knowing the term. <laughs> album art. Yeah, sorry, Luke is gonna Luke is gonna kill me for that. Um. <laughs> um is beautiful and when it looks like river I'm looking at it right now it looks like rivers and tributaries and Uh like kind of like the tide has come in and gone out and left all these little rivulets everywhere and um it it reminds me of like flying into Maryland or flying into another place Uh that has a lot of water like we have a lot of rivers we have the bay here we even have the ocean and so just flying into those areas is what it looks like and it just it's like uh, sunset or sunrise do you, do you know why he called it short and it just provides a whole mood for the whole album the whole i album sure do awesome well because well fleet foxes has been no one but of i'm my sure you do because you know everything about these bands. I was probably well actually i remember when it happened because at starbucks we used to we used to sell CDs and I remember cause I've been working for Starbucks since like I was 18 I'm 31 now. So really long time for all you people out there. So we used to have like a CD tree and then we also had like featured CDs in the impulse area, like we <laughs> were by the register and the flute. Yeah. That's what those areas are called everywhere. It's impulse. That's what they call the it. Impulse because area. That's that what you impulse. call it. I know isn't capitalism gross anyways. So, um, <laughs> the oh, Fleet Foxes self-titled album was what we were featuring <laughs> at the time and I remember seeing the album art and just being like I need this like I have to I have to buy it and I was broke as fuck and I bought it anyway and that's what got me into folk was that album and actually <laughs> it's funny because when their second album Help- Helplessness Blues came out that was right when I met my husband it was right after that. And the first time I went to go hang out with him um, at his house, that CD was playing when I walked mm. in the door and he didn't know that I was like, that was one of my favorite bands. So I have a lot of fond memories of Fleet Foxes. And when Shore came out, I was hesitant to listen because the reason he called it Shore is because he got caught in a riptide and almost died. Um, the main person of Fleet Foxes. And so he... <sighs> he called it shore because like, you know, that's a place of salvation and whatever. And, um, I was so like, I knew that if I listened to it, I was going to experience a ton of emotion. Oh, um, oh. And so i kind of put it on the back burner for a while, but in the past, I mean, cause I had listened through it, but I, I'm the type of person that I think you are too. I remember we've talked about this before, but like sitting there listening, like reading the lyrics while you listen and taking that hour long time of the album to like sit there and like okay this is what this is like seeing the poetry behind the music and so I didn't really start doing that with this album until December of this past year yes and um yeah I yeah so sure yeah it's it's an amazing album it's amazing and Robin Pecknell is a fucking genius <sighs> definitely self-worth issues so um, what themes would you say so come the, through the song that I've been stuck on is can I believe you which is the most popular song in the album but there's a line where he says, it's always, it never felt this straight. It always felt strange or something showing anyone just a bare face. And to me, that's like, wow, like that's, you know, you put on a, if you're depressed or if you're, you know, 
anything, like any kind of mental health stuff, you put on a mask for other people. And the fact that he's talking about, you know, there's another line in the song where he says, can I believe you when you say that I'm good? Like, I feel like I, I feel a lot of empathy for what he's talking about within the song. Like you're showing your true self to somebody mm. and they're saying that you're good. Like, are they, are they being honest with you? Like, can I believe you when you say that? And so that song is the one that hit me the hardest on the album. And actually I've been so stuck on that song that I really haven't delved into much to the others because it just, it just kills me dead. D.E.D. dead. That song does. And he released a whole, there was a whole um, segment released on YouTube of him playing that song yeah. <laughs> in, a, in like a cathedral in New York. And it just kills me every time I see it. Like see, there's like a, I think they're called the resistance revival oh chorus or gosh. something. They're the people who sing with him. So what about you? What about you? What's the song on the album that's really gotten to you? I really like Sunblind, but Featherweight is the one that I have on repeat. And you actually, know, so, I love that side of you. Um, <laughs> I love that. Me is you. a very basic bitch and I have a letter board <laughs> and every month. <laughs> okay. Um, so <laughs> the, the letter mm-hmm. board I put, uh, I changed the quote up here, here and there. It's like in like the common space in my house and I'll change it up every month, every couple weeks, whenever I have the time to actually go through and like put mm-hmm. the letters on there. Um, usually mm-hmm. it's a, it's a quote from a book. It's a quote from a song from him, a Bible verse, something like that. But this past one for January was from featherweight and it was may the last long year oh, be forgiven all that war left within it. I couldn't though. I'm beginning to, and we only made it together. Feel some change in oh, the weather. Gosh. I yes. couldn't though. I'm beginning to, and I'm like, did are this is like prophetic mm-hmm. for 2020. Because the album was released yeah. last year, right? Which means they had to have written it before all of this shit went down. It's just a great album. I love to listen to it while I'm working because it is like folksy. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like the percussion isn't super hard and everything. So it's it's a nice album to listen to when I'm working. Yes. Um, the yes. other The other oh, music I've been listening so to good. has been Lord of the Rings soundtracks. I don't know why I got back on listening to them. Maybe I had like a memory of high school because my senior year and Emily, it was your freshman year, right? Um, this is we did a Lord of the Rings we marching band yeah, show. That, that's all if we you, were. If that's you all we've ever been, doubted that we were be. nerds, this is the moment where you realize we are nerds. The show, the marching band show is awesome. I love marching band for so many reasons. We could talk about that another time, but the, the Lord of the Rings music is so good. It's so enveloping. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. And so I've been listening. I've been, so, so I've, and I mentioned this on our yeah, last podcast, but I've been listening to a lot of instrumental music because of school. I have a hard time listening to words that have lyrics when I'm doing um, homework and schoolwork, but that whole contemporary classical orchestral feel has something, it's been something that I've really been getting into lately. Um, another band that I really love is um, Voces 8 and they're like this British choir ensemble and they have this album called Enchanted Isle and they 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 totally like meld the genres of like classical choral with a like a hint of like new age stuff and it's just really really pleasant to listen to and they even have um, they do a their version of Agnes Day 
um, which is a really old, I don't remember when it's from, but it's like a really old choral song. It's probably like, you know, kind of stuff they sing in like Catholic church and stuff. Like the classical, the roots are in classical, but they bring in all these newer elements. They cover, um, in fact, they cover May It Be, which is from The Fellowship of the Ring, written by Enya, who, you know, is one of my favorite artists of all time. She also lives in the castle by herself oh. in Ireland and wears dresses all the time. And all she does is write new age music. And that's all I want to do in my life. Um, but now new age is like becoming more of an accepted music genre, which it should be anyway. I mean, it's its own, has its own power and everything, but, and it's like a um, palate cleanser. But I also feel like, you know, shore is kind of like that too. Like, (laughs) just like the melodic side of it is like that. Obviously like not the lyrics because it's most of it's pretty sad. The melodies just shine through and just kind of, I don't know. I, Ever since I quit drinking, I have become very focused on like music has been my new addiction. I really try and just like spend my time listening to music, and just <laughs> focusing on how it makes me feel and letting myself, I don't know, just experience that and not be, not feel guilty about it. I want to end yes. this yes. episode um, with a quote from A Memory Called Empire by Arcady Martine. A mind is a sort of star chart in reverse, an assembly of memory, conditioned response, and past action held together in a network of electricity and endocrine signaling, rendered down to a single moving point of consciousness. Awesome. Thank you. You're like so welcome. Okay. Okay. You have a good rest of your day, okay? Yeah. Doing all the podcast shit. I really appreciate you doing like the Yeah. Of course. Okay. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. I love you. Okay. Love you too. Bye. Bye.